0: Everybody, to another episode of The Current Status. I'm Pumla Schmidt, one of your co hosts, also known as Exchange Goddess on the Twitters. And I've got my co host here, which I'm going to send off to you.
1: Hi, everyone. My name is Teresa Miller, and you can find me on Twitter as 24x7IT Connect. And we are joined today by Michael Lechen, who is one of my coworkers at Cohesity, actually. I'm going to go ahead and let Mike introduce himself.
2: Well, thank you. Uh, so I'm Mike Letchen. Uh I don't have a fancy Twitter handle like you two. Mine is very lame and just M. Letchen and nice and I would say easy, but nobody spells my name right. So I don't know why I thought that was going to be easier. Uh, so yeah, as Teresa said, I am the Director of Technical Advocacy at Cohesity. Uh, and have been there for a little over a year now. So I'm getting other stuff later.
1: Awesome. So today's show is going to focus specifically on data protection. We'll probably talk a little bit about whether or not we actually need data protection. But is, is data protection just backups and recovery? Like, can backup be more? So I think it would be fantastic to talk about that a little bit more So um, let's go ahead and start with the question on the screen, Mike, what do you think? Do you need data protection?
2: Yeah, I would argue you don't need data protection. You need data recovery. Um, I don't think anyone cares whether they have the data protection. Uh, Like you don't care how it's getting there. You care about being able to get it back. Uh, And I think that is critical. In all reality, if your enterprise is running or even your small business is running and you don't have some sort of protection, to make sure that your mission-critical information is secure, you can get it back. Things fail. You have, and it's not always hardware. I mean, people make mistakes. I think all of us have probably been through it where we have the horror stories of someone that did something. I mean, I know
0: oh, yeah. at yeah. one point. I've, been, I've, I've done it.
2: <laughs> yeah. I threw a switch in a data center one time and took down a 24-7 shop, and we mm-hmm. took down two AS400s that were running it for the next two and a half weeks. That one did not go well in the CIO's office right after we got everything back up. But you you make mistakes and stuff happens. And if you can't come back from it, I mean, it's not just us making the mistakes. It's somebody else does something. And especially now with so many things hosted, if you don't think about what you're doing with your data, how are you going to keep your business running? I mean, right now people worry about you have the people there and the redundancy of people becomes an issue, but it doesn't matter if your data is not there. You can have all the people in the world. They can't do anything.
0: So is it really data protection or is it business continuity?
2: So you- I definitely think it's it's data. I will list it as data protection. So for me, business continuity Data protection and disaster recovery are all they're
0: re- like they're related, right? I mean, they're they're definitely related, but like personally, I feel they're they're separate components intertwined. Like so, they're, they're weave together.
2: Yeah, for me, business continuity means that I can continue running right away, almost or within a very very short period of time. Yes, data protection doesn't necessarily give me that. Like th- the data protection level needs to be enough of what I can absorb of downtime. Much like I mentioned, like right now with people, if businesses are lacking business, if their business model didn't account for them having downturns, I mean, you look at the holidays. Some people are very cyclical. They get lots of sales oh, during the yeah. holidays. What do you do? What's a ski resort do during the summer? If the ski resort doesn't have another plan, then they're they're not protected. And it's the same thing with, with your data. It's what you can absorb on it, where business continuity, you want to be able to almost keep going right away.
1: So yeah, that's
0: that's think, a that's a good way to put it.
1: Yeah. So kind of um, shifting gears slightly. Um, so we're, we're definitely not dealing with business continuity when it comes to recovery. What about ransomware? Like ransomware is one of those things. I I can't tell you how many people I've run into former coworkers who are off at different places now, for example, who are like, yeah, we had a ransomware attack and we're still recovering or we couldn't get our data back. And so when we talk about data protection, I think, um, I think some companies found out the hardware, the hard way, they weren't doing it. Right. So what are, what are your thoughts on that?
2: Yeah. I think for ransomware, you've got to look at it at the multiple different layers of defense. So if I'm looking at the data protection as how I'm gonna protect myself from ransomware, then I'm already behind the curve. If I haven't looked at things and said, well, have I made sure that my users are trained? Are they getting the right amount of uh, antivirus training and social training so that I can't have somebody just call up and get my password? If I'm not doing those things and I'm not doing patches and all the other things that make you run a good enterprise, then the data protection isn't gonna get you there. However, those other things do fail. You've gotta have those lines of defense. So I think it's layered, especially when it comes to ransomware, because really your data protection scenario isn't gonna help you right away, most likely on your ransomware. Like you're gonna find out you got hit by ransomware. Now, yeah, you need it to do recovery, to get data back, to get systems back online, but do you know whether they were already infected? Do you know if they're gonna continue to be infected? And how are you stopping that next time? So I think there's a lot more pieces to it than just for when you look at data protection, that starts almost at not, I'd say at the edge, but it's at the edge of your environment with your firewalls technically and your, your IDS IPS solutions, but then also the edge of your company with your people and training your people and getting your people to make sure that they're doing it and then goes all the way into your core uh, and and how you're protecting that true data So would you
0: say it's a com- it's a complete process right it's 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 like an onion almost Completely
2: there's, yeah Yeah
0: so there's 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 layers to the onion because you've got the technical piece you have the business piece the processes and then there's the I need to test to make sure that all this protection actually works. Because <laughs> how often do you, know, enterprises, they implement this awesome data protection plan. Something happens and oops, yeah. Something gets deleted and they got to recover it and it doesn't work. They I, never I mean, tested I, it. Yeah, it's, what's the point of investing all this money into this data protection? system software process when you're not even testing to see if it works well
2: i think if you're using your only thing you're using your data protection solution for is that data protection solution wow that was hard to say
0: (laughs) Um, (laughs) we we like to catch you here in the current (laughs) status
2: (laughs) if you're only using that for your insurance policy you're doing it wrong Totally. because if it's your insurance policy no one checks their insurance policy like, when's the last time you looked up what is really included in your homeowner's policy?
1: Nobody. That's knows. true.
0: That's true. It's did, know.
1: You should check it every once in a great while.
0: Now, I, I just bought a new car, so I had to go and, and look at different car insurance, and I, I hadn't looked at my car insurance stuff in over a year. Now, I, I try to look it over just to make sure, because you never know, right, that you can get a better deal somewhere else. Um, But on average, most people, I mean, you don't look at your insurance. Now, your health insurance, I think we get into the habit of reviewing what's in our health insurance plan because we have those annual, um, what do you call them? Enrollment. Enroll. yeah. Open enrollment. Thank you for those words. (laughs) (laughs) It's been a rough day today. It's been a hot day. It's very warm. But I'm drinking gas station wine today, okay? I just have to say that. (laughs) Does that have a cupcake on it? Yes, I got it. Sheets, okay. You know, it's it's time times are tough right now.
2: Hey, you gotta do what you gotta do.
0: I know. I'm like the the wine store isn't open. it closed. Like, what am I supposed to do? Oh, sheets has wine. Yeah. (laughs) That was your insurance policy. Yeah, it, it totally is between sheets and the giant grocery store. Like, those are my insurance policies when I run out. Yeah. Anyways. (laughs)
2: Yeah, I think for people that aren't just looking at the insurance policy and are using their data protection for things like analysis of things they're backing up or logs or doing scanning or using it to help with their test dev, they don't get caught with their pants down, for lack of a better term, because they're utilizing their data, they know that it's going to work, because they're using it on a regular basis, if you're using something like a test dev scenario, where you've got your database servers and you know your developers are working off of your backups to do your development, you know your backups work because you're using them.
0: So do you? So, are you advocating backing up tests and development?
2: I'm saying use your backups to create your test dev. However, I will say in a lot of places, test dev is still production.
0: Oh my gosh yeah. The
2: people that are like, "Oh, it's fine. It's just a development <laughs> box." Do no! I pay
0: my developers?
2: Last time I checked, I paid my developers.
1: Oh, I worked somewhere. I worked somewhere that that decision was made well before I started there, and I all I had to worry about was my applications and making sure that those were protected. So, because I wasn't the back of it, the back of admin per se. And then all of a sudden we had a major sand outage and lost over 100 disks because of a, an issue with a bunch of drives. Oh, yeah. Good Lord. And um, guess what most of was on there? Test, test dev. dev. And guess who wasn't happy?
0: <laughs> the business. <laughs> well, think of it this way. Most test dev environments, that's stuff that... Is probably critical, most likely. They're probably working on some major project, you know, something that's going to cost a lot of money. And eventually, it's going to roll into production or probably already has behind your back. Um, and, you know, <laughs> w- which has happened. So you should be backing up the test dev area. And if the developers say, no, you don't need to, this is my test area, don't listen to them. Don't, because they're going to do something. Um, yes, they are going to do something that's going to be like an oops. I, I, yeah, I, I screwed up here. Can, do you have a backup by any chance? Can we roll back? And if you don't, you know, if you just happen to be taking snapshots or backups, yeah, you can be like, okay, yeah, we, we can roll back. But let's say they did something major. Hello, they're done. They have to rebuild. So that, you know, that's going to cost money. That's going to cost time. It's going to, it's, it's those soft dollars. I do
2: think you can look at it and maybe change your schedule. Your your redundancy levels don't necessarily need to be as high. For yeah. Your dev. I mean, in all reality, if I've got a production database that is running an e-commerce system, I want that thing taking snapshots as frequently as I possibly can so mm-hmm. I don't lose a transaction. Yep. But at my developer's SQL environment, maybe I don't need it. But the web environment that they're building the application on top of I probably need to at least get a daily backup of that, so that I don't lose days and weeks of work yeah. of a developed worker. Because you're know, it's probably my next gen of my solution.
0: It and does, you know, it's important. if if they if they do happen to do something bad and and delete something, you know, um, the onus is on them, right? It, it, if it was their fault or whatever, at least there is a backup. They can roll back to what twelve hours ago, or um maybe it was compromised we got a virus something happens we can roll back there's there's always there's always that what if and again it's that insurance policy right you just you just never know uh and i feel like more enterprises really need to think about that like what if and a lot of companies enterprises are really taking that risk with the what if because of cost savings they're they're trying to there's a there's always numbers involved they're trying to reduce their budget. They're trying to, you know, pinch pennies. How can we save dollars? Hmm, maybe we don't need to back some of this stuff up because it depending on our licensing, you know, maybe it's capacity-based licensing, because I know some software vendors are capacity based. Or, you know, if it's a different type of licensing, oh, you know, we act have X number of servers we can back up. I mean, it, there's there's always it always comes back to money at the end of the day.
1: So something Mike mentioned. Um, at the beginning of this question or comment with DevTest was that um, companies can actually, with a backup solution, which you can assume probably would be the, from the <laughs> company we work for, you can actually... Potentially. <laughs> pot- potentially <no>. We're vendor neutral. <laughs> <laughs> that you can actually um, take your production system you've backed it up, you've protected it, and then you can bring it online, say in the cloud, for example, and do your dev test, your development, your testing against it. And you can either tear it down when you're done and then make that change to production, or you actually have the ability to pull that back down. Um, Let's say say that other environment was on-prem, right? Um, And then push those changes right in. So Doing your develop off of, development off of a copy of your production system and having the ability to push that and roll that in um, is a big deal. And that can save a ton of money on even standing up, say, a test environment if you're just spinning stuff up and, and bringing things down. So um, I wanted to make sure that we called that out because it's, um, it's a different way of thinking about how to do development, for example, and testing.
0: Sorry if my eyes are wandering. The fly is coming. I you have your
1: fly. I saw you looking at your window, and I was like, oh, the fly.
0: Okay, everyone, a quick story. There's a fly in the room. It's a big, nasty fly, and it's making all this noise, and it's, like, right by the window, and it's really annoying me. So if my eyes start wandering, it's because I want to attack this fly, and there it goes again.
2: I got I just saw it that time.
0: <laughs> no, It's huge. You could put a on it. We don't hear it.
2: Yeah, I think you're right. In a hybrid-type environment, that's one of the best scenarios for you to give you. It's a great usage for data protection in that there's no reason. You don't necessarily save the money on don't have that data sitting on your production system, on your tier zero and tier one array or, or NAS that's sitting there, all that data. It's not needed. Your developer, yes, what they're doing is important, and keeping their data is important. We stress that plenty. But... That doesn't mean that they need to have the same response time on things as a customer. Now, like a customer needs to be able, you want them to be able to have that very quick, speedy response time. If a developer has to wait a second and a half for something <laughs> for a query to run, they'll be okay. Yeah, contrary they're... to the DBAs' comments yeah. about it, they will be okay.
0: Customers come first, and I, I, I strongly believe in that you know, the customer, the business, the customer should always come first. And then, you know, our internal. And I called, you know, developers, IT. it. We, we're internal. We come second. Unless it's an absolute critical outage and your email system's down. And then slightly different. But cu- customers always come first.
2: So I do think, though, if you look at it, you look at test dev and it's kind of the last thing on it. Now, if you're, or it's kind of on the, the edge, you can look at maybe almost even a archive type scenario versus your backups and have test dev, a backup, your production, your backup, and an archive. And having those multiple layers makes a difference as well. I mean, I, I've used the analogy before that uh, you back up your data, but you archive your memories.
0: Mm. I like that.
2: So part of the reason for that, when I look at, and you look at your look at your phone, for example, We now take all these pictures with our phone. Now, if it takes me longer to get to the picture I took yesterday, it will annoy me. I want the picture I took yesterday to show up right away. If I know that I took a picture three years ago, but it's still on my phone somewhere or someplace, it's essentially archived off my phone, but still accessible, I don't mind if it takes an extra second and a half to get to it. Those are things that can be archived because they're just memories at that point, there are things that I'm trying to get to. So I think you also have to really consider what the different levels are. And that plays right into then what should be on-prem, what should be out in the cloud, what should just start in the cloud, stay there. And you've got all these different things. So if it starts as as traditional, goes out into a cloud native, you know the difference on it. You know where different things should be and when, because not all of it should be sitting there. So
1: what are your thoughts on cloud native um, data protection, or even just in general data protection in the cloud.
2: I think cloud native is the most overused, confusing oh my gosh. The planet right now. Mm-hmm. Um.
1: That's why I think I reworded it. Cause I'm like, Hmm. Uh,
2: the, I, I, the P, if you want to look at something that is what you would do with something that is cloud first, I think it makes sense. Um Cloud native has always interested me. If, if you're saying, some people look at and say containers or things like Kubernetes are cloud native. Last time I checked, I could run Kubernetes on-prem. So is that still cloud native if it's on-prem? So I don't. So I think that the cloud native is a weird term for starters, but as far as what to do with those, um, I think if I look at cloud native as SaaS applications that I use in the enterprise, oh, look at it, see, (laughs) if it's cloud-first things, like I'm doing development in the cloud, well, then I still need to make sure that I'm same protection. It's the same as an on-prem solution if I'm developing against it or I'm building my enterprise around it. If it's a SaaS application, same type scenario. Is it better? Just because you're sitting there and somebody else is running the infrastructure doesn't mean that they're going to give you all the resiliency that you would do for your own.
0: So, so I have it, a question with that, uh-huh. okay? So you, you've got a SaaS application or your app, whatever, your infrastructure's in the cloud, the majority of it. Would you use a hybrid setup from a data protection or would you use a cloud first setup? Or would you even back that up at all or protect it?
2: 100% so there's, 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 there's,
0: there's Because there's, there's always that question do you back up Office 365? Yes. Now, everybody knows my Twitter handle, Exchange Goddess. And I get so many people, people asking me that question. And I, I, I do have an answer for that.
2: I mean, for me, if you, it doesn't matter. You've got to back it up somehow. Um, whether you would use a hybrid or a cloud a cloud native backup solution, I think is really on a preference of do you have, I mean, if you're going everything out in the public cloud, you don't have no reason to run a data center. Like a lot of the reasons I think people move to primarily SaaS solutions and cloud solutions, their business is not to do IT. Their business is to do whatever else. They run a shop that makes mufflers. That's their business whatever it happens to be. their, Their business isn't to run a data center. So they don't necessarily wanna add that run the data center in just because they want it out of the cloud, but they do need to look at the parts of the cloud solutions that can protect you. Maybe it is a cloud a cloud native backup solution, but make sure you're going to a different availability zone or a different data center, a different region, someplace else so that you still have that off-prem essential. Because your prem then, your on-prem is now that region that you're in, in the cloud. That so, people can say like you've got on prem and then the cloud, but if you're all in the cloud, that is your on prem.
0: Yeah, it is. It's your only prem, it's your only prem. So, <laughs> make sure you have another prem. So, if it's your only prem, you need to protect it, regardless if it is cloud or actually physically on prem. Exactly. Right. It, I mean, it's my, my point of view with this is regardless of where your data is, you need to protect it. Yes, if 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 it's being hosted by somebody, who really cares, right? It it it's it, that that's besides the point. It's your data. Ultimately, you are responsible for your data and you're responsible for if you've customers. So you need to do everything that you can to make sure that your data is protected. So, Office 365. Yes. It really does depend. Do I do I need to back it up? Well, if you need point in time recovery, back it up, right? If, if your business requirements and objectives require you to have certain types of backups, then yeah, back it up. But if it doesn't, then you can use the data protection that's built in to, this, to the software, Office 365, and do that type of protection. It's not backup. It is a form of data protection, though. It's not a point-in-time recovery where something like Cohesity or Veeam has, right, that does the Office 365 backup, which is what I would call a traditional backup, Um, it's a point-in-time recovery. And most organizations, uh, especially healthcare, they like that point-in-time recovery because you just never know with lawsuits.
1: Yeah, a lot Uh, of organizations do. Yeah, that that point-in-time recovery. But also SLAs, too, in terms of recovery for the unexpected.
0: So. So, I mean, if you're in a situation like that where you do have SAS, and if there is something built in cloud first, cloud native, you know, wh- whatever type of design it is that protects your data, look at that. But also look at what your business requirements are, which I mean, if your business requirements def- determine a certain set of requirements, then you need to abide by that, regardless of what the software vendor says. I mean, that, that's my take on ha- having worked across different types of industries, you know, global healthcare, you name it. Um, there are certain regulations that we need to follow. And sometimes I went against what you know Microsoft's best practices were or, or guidance, right? Um, I backed up Exchange when I needed to because my business requirements required it. And there are times that I didn't do that because we did the full data protection uh within Exchange itself. So there's different scenarios. It all comes back to your business requirements and what your business actually needs and wants from you. Your SLAs, right, Teresa? Absolutely. Absolutely. What's are expecting from you?
1: Yeah. So, in, out in the audience is saying she does wish that Microsoft had a native uh, 365 backup solution in Azure, um, which I, I think. Um, I mean, that's that's so true. I mean, there it's not. You don't really get data protection for office 365 you get a bunch of workarounds to protect it, it's
0: it's protection your data it's essentially da- it I call it data protection in different sense it's it, it's it is protecting the data with legal holds and you know things like that they are protect you know we, we are protecting the data. Um, it is not what we would traditionally call data protection you know using uh, backups and whatnot because data protection is in my sense it's so broad you're protecting your data and there's different means to do that. Oh my gosh. I drank the Kool-Aid. Somebody shoot me.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, <fun> data <laughs> protection isn't just about a backup. It, it's,
0: no, it's not.
1: I
2: mean, you it's can put security into it. You can put quick resilience, quick recovery. There's all sorts of other spots that you can put that into. I think you mentioned that you've always had some sort of backup. I actually worked for a firm uh, I did a lot of work for resellers. Earlier in my career, I was kind of an, an outsourced admin, engineer kind of level person. Had a bunch of different customers. One of them that I worked for, actually because of what they did, specifically could not keep their backups.
1: Uh-huh. I've been in that situation was yeah. Like less is more. Keep
2: it more than, I think we we were only... It was, they were required to keep it for seven days and could not keep it for more than 14.
0: Oh, wow. I've I know a very big right. companies.
2: Or something like that. And it was, I mean, wow. I get it. It was It was because they would get sued. If they got sued, yep. they could say they didn't have it.
0: Yes. Yeah. I, I know of a company, very large tech organization that is like that. They keep no backups, no PSTs, no nothing. Like they, and their backups, like you said, seven days. It's like the minimum. Because if they have, so if you have a policy, and you get sued they can go back and go well we don't have the data because our policy states that we don't keep backups for more than seven days and we don't keep backups of to this type of data so you know if your policy states that you don't have it or shouldn't have it then you don't really need to give it up to the courts
2: it gives them some That's indemnity
0: yeah i've not seen less
1: than a year on that so seven days two weeks holy cow so we have a question actually we have a question from lynn um or if you do you want to
0: finish a thought there which which question i'll put on the screen here um so the
1: backups and data protection have changed over the years but do you see any newer technologies that make data protection easier to implement and manage so maybe Mm. mike can take that
0: oh i like that one Mm
2: -hmm. i I mean i not (laughs) like while this is vendor independent um (laughs) I I, Yeah, definitely. I think because when you look at a modern data protection solution, it shouldn't just be about data protection. It should be about data management. Um, So when you're looking at, you should be looking at a true data management solution on it. So something that will allow you to not just have backups, not just have snapshots, but utilize it and not make an insurance policy, have applications that can run against it, be able to monitor and track what people are doing, Um, there's a lot to it. So I mean, that's realistically, that's a lot of what Cohesity was founded on is how do we do more with that data on it? So whether you're using it to run the production stuff, whether you're using it to run just your backups, whether you're using it to do snapshots and use test dev, having a data management solution that can do all of it is really where the next gen of data protection has to go.
1: So that makes sure that data is not just sitting there stale. Like you're not just taking backups and letting them sit. And and I think that's what we've historically done. Um, so when you can do more with that data, I think it's extremely helpful um, to, to any organization. You can archive it. You can um, use it for disaster recovery, um, store your files um, and, and more.
2: I mean, these solutions can get, Pricey for your environment. Don't make it an insurance policy. I don't buy a sports car for it to sit in the garage. You buy it to use it. You buy it. To what do use you mean? It. You shouldn't buy the sports car to sit it in the garage. They want to be driven. Especially when they're bright red.
0: I drove a hundred miles today, so there you go.
2: Well, as long as you did it in under an hour, we're okay. <laughs>
0: I beat that BMW, okay?
1: (laughs) Oh my gosh, I saw that. I was laughing.
0: (laughs) Well, we are just about out of time. Uh, This was a really, really great conversation that could probably go on all evening because it's it's like an onion, right? We just keep peeling off layers of it.
2: Agreed. Thank you, guys. That was was, This has been really fun. Enjoyed it. This
0: this was great. Um, We want you back, though. Let's, you know, (laughs) let's. We can chat again on another on another topic. Maybe we can talk about cars that should not be stuck in the garage.
1: There you go. <laughs> there
0: you go. That
2: works. All cars
1: are toys. Yeah. Play
0: with,
2: like you, play with them like they are. Yes.
0: Well, thank you, Michael, for joining us. And thank you, our audience, for joining us and listening to us. Uh, we will have this podcast out on YouTube and also my new Twitch channel as well as Apple Podcasts. I'm saying that correctly. I used to say iTunes and SoundCloud. Thank you again, everybody. Have a great evening, morning, or afternoon.
1: Thanks, everyone. Bye.
0: Thanks. Bye.